Hello and welcome to episode two in series three of The Educators. My name is Angela Fares and I'm the CEO of Full Circle Educational Consultancy and we're very privileged to work on innovation projects with independent international and online schools around the world. My guest today, I'm very honoured to have on Farshad Mohammadi. Hello Farshad, how are you? Hi Angela, very well thank you. Yourself? I'm, I'm very good, thanks. And, and thank you for sending me over your very impressive biography, which I'm just going to share with everybody today. So you started your journey in education many years ago as a teacher of maths, and soon after you became an advanced skill teacher for various London local authorities. You've been a head of department, assistant head, deputy head, and the head teacher of different schools in the UK and abroad. You've also worked as an advisor to two former education ministers and been an inspector of schools in the UK and chief inspector of British schools in the Middle East. You've also been part of the new National Curriculum Framework for GCSEs and Science and Maths. And I don't have on here, but you are also principal of the International British Online School, <laughs> also known as IBOS, which is it's right. why we're here, we're here to talk today. So, yeah, quite a journey. And how are you feeling about where you are now? Yeah, good. Still learning. I think education is all about learning. And uh, as always, there's a lot more to learn. But uh, yeah, it's just really good. An international British online school, why Why have you gone from this quite traditional route of going through kind of state schools and inspector and the Middle East and back over here to set up an online school? What, what was the reason behind that? Well, it's, a, it's an interesting story. When I was in the Middle East, I was traveling from country to country to go into schools and inspect them, but also come up with an action plan for the management team. And over the course of two and a bit years, two and a half years, I think, uh, what we've noticed, myself and colleagues who are part of the inspection team, is that as we were going to inspect these schools, we've noticed that majority of these so-called British school of such and such uh, had nothing in their core that was British as such. And a lot of lovely students who signed up to come to these schools were very keen to come specifically to a British school to learn A, the curriculum, and B, had the aspiration to then finish their education with high grades and and be able to then come to the UK or go to any English-speaking country to study at university of their choice. What was really disappointing to see was that a lot of these schools were set up as business enterprises and and the, the core of the school did not have the students at the heart of it. And as you know, as an educator yourself, every decision we make when it comes to education, we put the students at the heart of everything. And what was unclear was the student outcome, the retention of the students, the recruitment of correct teachers with the right qualifications, with right safeguarding checks, and also destinations were unknown. And more importantly, the leaders themselves did not have a clue as such as to what was required in terms of taking the school from one step to another. So what we then decided to do, myself and a couple of other senior education consultants, was to see if parents would be open to the idea of remote education. And we conducted a lot of surveys and, you know, we interviewed a lot of parents and students. And we already knew that the online education was in place. Certainly online education has been in place in America for two or three decades. You know, since Internet has been invented, pretty much, you know, there's been online education Left, right, centre. But we we knew the model that we wanted to replicate was actually giving parents and students a traditional schooling experience remotely at the heart of the UK and to be able to then provide the first class education um, those students really deserved. 
what was interesting is that out of about 20,000 parents and students surveyed, 94% said they will be open to the idea of remote education, provided the quality of teaching and learning was different to what they were, they were experiencing there. And teachers were UK qualified, they were aware of uh, the correct curriculum framework, and of course the, the outcome of the students' results and of course uh, the links with universities were stronger resulting in students reaching their dream goals as such. So then we thought about this. This was my new endeavour, <laughs> if you may, and uh, it took us about a year and a bit to get it going and hit the ground running. And it's been a, a very interesting journey because pre-pandemic, not many people really wanted to come on board and help us out from a lot of different quality assurance organisations to different authorities. And ever since the pandemic has started, We've seen a lot of similar people that wouldn't otherwise want to collaborate with us coming to us again and asking for our assistance and also welcoming us. And yeah, we've had our first round of GCSE and A-level results last year. Very successful. We've had our first cohort of students ending up going to universities, top you know, universities from the Russell Group link, but also international ones. We had a child going to study at McGill University in Canada, and we've had great results with our A-levels as well. Well, congratulations. That's that's fantastic. And in terms of what you offer, it's, as you said, it's traditional. So you are not going down the using different types of technology like virtual reality to kind of make it a different experience to the physical school. You're trying to replicate online what students would get at a physical school. But I guess my question then is, why don't they go to a physical school? Because there are, there are various, as, as you and I know, qualities of British international schools. Not all of them are, are great, but the accredited ones are good. Why are your parents choosing to come online rather than find a British international school in the country that they're in? A variety of different reasons, Angela. To be honest, we've got a mixed bag of different students from different backgrounds and different you know, starting points. We have the Germany's gold medalist for the Olympic in our school to Rafa Nadal's you know, children wanting to study online to parents who are on the move all the time, to students who do not want to go to a bricks and mortar school. They find it easier to um, stay at home and and learn at the comfort of and luxury of staying at home in their own bedroom. To those students who are on the SEND spectrum and they feel that actually studying in a very small environment online will have a better impact for them. So parents and students choose IBOS for a variety of different reasons. What, what's important for us is to make sure we provide them the tailored education, uh, irrespective of their starting point, their background and their experiences previously, and be able to push everybody at their level of ability to get to the place they deserve. And how does um, IBOS or IBOS, we had this conversation about the various different <laughs> ways we can call, call your school. <laughs> how do you ensure that academic quality? Is it, is it difficult? Are your teachers remote? How do you keep an eye on them? Well, how does that work? Well, we are lucky because our infrastructure is quite unique because we still have a school site as such where all the teachers come to the school site. They've got their own classrooms. We've got a lab. We've got the staff room, boardroom, you know, we just don't have students running around really. So obviously I've got the luxury of having all the lessons that are being delivered at the same time presented on my screen. But also if I feel like I need to go and intervene or go and have a word or I need to go into a classroom to see the teacher, you know, I'll just get up and go to them. In terms of quality assurance, it's the same as what you would have in a normal school. 
you will have your observations, you will have your appraisal programs whereby you know you will have the line management meetings, the mentoring programs that you'll have, the support uh, programs that you'll put in place for some of your ECT teachers, but also uh, other teachers in terms of needs, uh, in support needs that they may have, the media leaders and so on. But for us, it's very easy because we believe that we, we want all of our teachers to come to our site here. This is what we promised our parents. We did provide, we promised them that we'll provide them the education from the you know center that will bring everybody under the same roof. Therefore, when it comes to the idea of safeguarding, but also, you know, kind of quality assurance of our own teaching and learning, it's a lot more manageable and everybody's singing from the same hymn sheet as such. So in terms of consistency and cross-curricular activities, as well as cross-curricular teaching, when you have all of your teachers under the same roof, they share ideas with each other at lunchtime, after school, it's a lot easier for us to manage and I'm assuming you've got space to expand because things are, are growing quite rapidly, aren't they? Yeah, so we've acquired a second site, which is not from far from where we are right now. Obviously, we have been recruiting ever since we started and we are recruiting more, both from the teacher's perspective and also students. And yeah, we're growing quite rapidly. We're conscious of the fact that we want to be able to provide that uh, outstanding quality of education to our students. So we, we, we are at all time ensuring that, the, you know, if we're expanding, we're expanding at the right pace so that the quality is not going to be hindered. That's really good to hear because I think that's that's what a lot of people are are, are kind of concerned about. And you're non-selective. And when we, we spoke previously, you, you said something really interesting about an online school and your online school is kind of beyond a bricks and mortar school in terms of democracy and inclusion in particular and internationalism. Explain a bit more about that. Well, I, I mean, in my pretty much two decades of being in education, I've had a lot of really interesting moments that I felt like that's why I'm in education. That's why I'm a leader in education. That's why I'm a teacher in education. But I don't think I've actually seen as you know enough as much as I've seen here at IBOS, to be honest with you. I mean, we've had a child who uh, was a refugee in Finland from Somalia. She's never gone to school previously. She went to Finland and none of the schools accepted her to go and study in their schools. And the her representatives, as a caseworker, contacted us uh, one day and said, look, we've got a bit of a situation here with this child. She's never gone to school before and she doesn't speak very good English, but she's very keen, she's very motivated and she feels like nobody's saying or you know, welcoming her in their establishment. And we said we'd happily accept her. And I clearly remember for the first few months, she wouldn't even want to turn her camera on because she was very shy that she would make a foolish mistake, you know, as, as youngsters might think. And therefore, people are not going to like that. And what we saw over the course of about eight and a half months into nine months was her confidence level rising. And, you know, I remember about five months later, she gave an assembly on these, you know, eating disorder to whole school, which was really, really amazing. And she ended up getting brilliant results for her AS grades. I mean, somebody who's never gone to school to come and do biology, English, physics, mathematics, some really difficult, challenging subjects because she wants to become a medical doctor, then ending up getting a grade B or an A for different you know, science and mathematics subjects. It's amazing, which, you know, when you talk about progress over time, you know, you look at that and you say, where do you put that on your chart? It's, it's amazing. 
and other stories. We've had students who couldn't speak a single word of English, and uh, you know, from the heart of Africa, joining our school six months later, analyzing Warhorse and Harry Potter for you better than your native students. And I did tell you about the internationalism aspect of it, and the, the fact that our students really feel they're part of a very um, close community, and they they are there for each other. With the Ukrainian conflict, we've had other students helping. You know, one of our Ukrainian students to try to get out of the country, but also help them out, try to kind of emotionally, but also psychologically settle and be able to continue with their journey in education whilst all of these really heartbreaking situations, uh, you know, the disappointing and heartbreaking matters are happening around us. So that's, again, the main catalyst and the reason and driver for me to be leading this organisation, because I feel like this is why we've signed up for it. So your school day, what does a school day look like with you? There are so many different types of online schools for different types of students and some record their lessons so the students can watch them when it's convenient for them. Others have synchronous, fully synchronous with different timetables. What does a normal day look like at IBOS? So a normal day for our students starts at 7.15am where they go to either their form tutor or they have an assembly and 7.30 they will start lesson one. And obviously, we've got students from the UK to Europe, Middle East, Central Asia, far as we've got students as far as Australia. So you can imagine the time difference, you know, what time they'll be starting and finishing their school. The day will finish on a typical day at 1.45. Obviously, they're going to have lessons and break time and lunchtime as well. And there are enrichment activities happening after school on Mondays. And there are some intervention lessons and activities happening after school on other days run by our teachers and our support staff members. My day obviously starts a lot earlier than that. And how do you build community, Farshad, in your online school? What does that look like for you? Apart from obviously everybody introduces themselves every day and has a chat online when they're in the class. How do you do that as as a principal for an online school? Well, there are a lot of different channels we use and deploy. I mean, we've got a very unique learning dashboard where everything you say love and magic happens there where everybody is sharing all their resources ideas i mean teachers leave their notices communicate with parents and students students communicate with each other as well and also got like i said different clubs we've got the student council we've got assemblies where we bring everybody together there are lots of different opportunities like today we had the raise and aspiration day where we brought universities and professionals to come and talk to our GCSE, IGCSE and A-level students. So there are plenty of different opportunities where students feel like, oh, okay, now I'm seeing some of the year 10, some of the year 9, some of the year 11s, you know, uh, and they come together. They also have built friendship themselves. I know they've got different, you know, friend groups as well. Virtually some of them who live in the same country, they regularly meet up with each other as well. We do a lot of -of out-of-school activities if COVID allows us. So we've got school trips as well that uh, once or twice a year we bring the students together with their teachers or they go and do different activities and visit different countries or different places as part of the curriculum, but also extracurricular activities and school trips. So pretty balanced then, not very much in line with the the criticism of online schools as having just students sitting in front of screens? Not at all. And to be honest with you, one of the first things we, you know, it's one of the first questions we ask our students. I mean, I just literally came back from Middle East myself and I went to about five countries where I met our students and parents and I specifically and deliberately asked them the question about well-being and about the personal welfare and I had almost every single one of them say I actually feel a lot happier 
as a person, as a youngster, as a, you know, as a youth, you know, going through my education journey, but also feeling a lot more supported. I feel that I am in control of my own education. It's not something that is dictated to me. I'm not surrounded by people who maybe I don't want to be surrounded by. I choose who I want to be friend with as such. But more importantly, they feel they have a lot more time to pursue activities that otherwise will not be possible for them to pursue. One of the students said to me, sir, you know, I want to share something with you. And I said, well, what would you like to share? said, previously, when I was going to school, I was coming home at around about 4.30ish. And I would never have time to do anything else because I was, or ne never have the desire to do anything else. A, because of time, because I had to do homework and everything else. B, because I was extremely tired. And I can tell you that ever since I've joined IBOS, I'm going to the gym every day. You know, it's, it's really interesting to hear that from them. But like I said at the beginning as well, we've got a lot of really highly able athletes and, you know, uh, musicians as well who are doing, you know, hardcore training outside school as well for their own, you know, hobbies and extracurricular endeavours that they're, they're pursuing. And this enables them and gives them time, the energy that they need, the attitude that they need for them to be able to, to exceed and excel, their, you know, through their journey. And they seem very, very happy, and they, they think this is the right way forward. I mean, I also said to you the other day as well, uh, I don't know if you remember that, I think the generation of students that we are now dealing with are very special. And mm. we need to consider mm. that mm. when we are talking about educating uh, the 21st century learners. You know, we are talking about really highly able IT savvy students, and their preferred method of learning is through the use of technology and we've seen that being you know that's 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 been part of the the framework from uh, one country to another country's education we know that it has been embedded a lot more into education but the remote learning something they have chosen and they show great attitude to do really well themselves and the outcome of that is just seen through the results that we are getting, but also through their level of happiness and joy and how they manage to participate in other activities that otherwise they would not be able to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I was lucky enough to work in a, an Apple school well, 12 years ago now in Singapore, and, and it was so easy to get the students engaged in, in project work and in, and in their own thinking and critical thinking and what we now call 21st century skills when you have technology at the heart of your lessons, which obviously online schools do. So the preparing the, the student for, for real life is much easier to do if you have the technology there as a means of delivering the lesson. I would totally agree with that. So finally, Farshad, you mentioned about kids doing better. There's no distractions. Their grades are better with you. Where, where do you see iBoss going in the future? What are your aspirations for the students and for the teachers and for the school? Well, it, it's pretty much linked to our vision at IBOS. We want to have a world without frontiers where all students, irrespective of the background, wherever they are, receive the quality education that they really deserve. And we want our students to be able to respect different cultures, respect different nationalities. Mm -hmm. and In their home countries. In yes. their own home countries. And from yep. early ages yep. to, to grow up together and understand that just because I happen to be living in London, somebody happens to be living in Hong Kong, there is absolutely no difference between us. We are all human beings and, and we're all working towards the same target goals in our life. And, you know, we want to, to endorse proper and true diversity and advocate 
global citizenship at the heart of everything we do. We believe that, you know, everybody is, you know, a future leader at IBOS, and we want all of them to be able to, you know, to grow with that mindset of accepting others, accepting different ideas, accepting other, you know, others' um, visions and belief. And this is what our students have found to be really interesting as well, because their network of friends in their cohorts go across 20 different countries. And one of the students interestingly said to me, I don't even need a tour leader when I go to different countries. I've got friends all around the world. So I can just <laughs> literally pick a country and go there and I'll have somebody there to yeah. be showing me around. So our mission statement is as we grow, we continue delivering the, the outstanding education that we would like to deliver to our students and all of our stakeholders are happy. At the same time, we are hopefully trying to make the world a little bit better, peaceful, safe, and hopefully people can live together peacefully and happily and do something that is best for the world around them. Well, that's a lovely message to end on, Farshad. And I thank you so much for your time and look forward to seeing IBOS, IBOS, International British Online School <laughs> um, continue to grow. And, and very best of luck and thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you. No problem. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Angela. That's it for another insightful episode with Angela Fairs from Full Circle. And thank you for listening. To get in touch with Angela, check out her website. It's fullcircle-education.co.uk. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.